Welcome to In Their 20s, the podcast with the best advice. As always, I'm your host, Landon Campbell, and for our 73rd episode, we spoke with Khalid Naeem, who is the co-founder and CEO of OnFleet, which is a last-mile delivery platform that recently raised $14 million in a Series A. Khalid met his co-founders at Stanford University for grad school, where they initially came together to solve two problems that plague so many delivery businesses. From there, they built a smartphone-based delivery logistics platform to help businesses run more efficiently. I love this interview so much because many of our listeners are considering going to grad school. We spoke about what he learned at grad school, how he met his co-founders, and how you can take advantage of grad school. Before we jump in, I want to tell you about my favorite career building platform, Upkey. Upkey is the only effective solution for students trying to navigate the overwhelming world of searching for jobs by creating a single platform designed to help you find jobs, apply, prepare, and get hired. Look, I've seen this firsthand. Getting a job can be very overwhelming, especially learning how you can stand out. The new Upkey resume score tool is perfect for anyone currently going through the application process. It's designed to maximize the effectiveness of any resume. All you have to do is go to www.upkey.com slash in their 20s, upload your resume, get it scored, and get personalized suggestions to make your resume stand out. All right, without further ado, let's jump in to our interview with Khalid to hear his best advice for people in their 20s. I love to start at the beginning. How I characterize the beginning is probably, you know, the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. Um, so how old were you when you first knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur? And what is it about entrepreneurship that really intrigued you? You know, I've, I think I've known for a while that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. My parents are both kind of entrepreneurial. Um, you know, my dad um, started, you know, several companies over the course of his life, still really running them. But and my mom as well sort of ran some small businesses. So, um, you know, they were definitely influential in, in, in my kind of wanting to become an entrepreneur. I think for me, like contrary to sort of to both of my parents, like technology has always been a really interesting um, passion of mine. I studied computer engineering and like always knew that I wanted to, I like building things. That's really kind of what I enjoy about, about the entrepreneurial process. And um, but it wasn't really until I was like 26, 27 that I decided um, that I, you know, I, that I kind of said, okay, like I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to start something. And it was like when I went to business school at that age that I actually, I guess, became an entrepreneur. I hadn't started anything before that, never really found the right opportunity, um, never really had like great ideas. Um, I had, well, I guess I had a lot of different ideas, but never really saw them through. Um, and finally, you know, when I went to business school for me, that was kind of my, my moment to really try something out. Totally. So let's dive a little deeper to the business school. Cause I saw that you went to uh, the university of Michigan for your undergrad. Um, a lot of people just end it there. You know, they say I've been in school for so many years. Um, and I just don't know, obviously if, you know, business school is the right route for me or not. Um, but you chose business school. Uh, you went to Stanford university for business school. I'd love to hear, you know, some of the skills that you picked up in business school, um, some moments that, you know, you really impacted your career. Um, and if you, I assume the answer is yes, but if you recommend other um, students pursue business school. Yeah, I highly recommend business school and, you know, not, not really because of the skills that you gain there, to be completely honest, like the skills that I gained from just going for it and starting a company and like learning by doing, I don't think you can really learn entrepreneurship in a classroom. 
even though I tried, I sort of took all the entrepreneurship classes at, at Stanford Business School, which is kind of, you know, world renowned for entrepreneurship specifically. Um, but ultimately, you know, as I was, I kind of started um, initially Addy, which became OnFleet at Stanford Business School. And so that for those two years that I was there, um, I was kind of doing this as a side project, starting a company. And I, I learned infinitely more from working on the, on the company um, than I did from the classroom. So that's, you know, I would say the benefits of business school are, are, are huge, um, but they aren't just the skills that you gain. You do learn, you do definitely do gain some skills. Um, in Stanford in particular, they're more focused on the soft skills, um, but uh, you, you do build a really strong network. Um, you know, you, a lot of, not only my closest friends, but some of our investors and advisors, um, uh, I kind of, I, I gained from business school. Um, for me, it was also a time kind of away from like working at another company where it kind of gave me the space um, to experiment with different ideas that I had had and to actually really try and get something off the ground. And it was, it's what brought me out to the West Coast. So, you know, being in Silicon Valley, surrounded by, you know, all of this kind of entrepreneurship and, you know, this, um, you know, this kind of drive to like really build world changing businesses. It's kind of, I, I picked up um, when I was at business school. And so I think, you know, it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, depending on the business school, you know, I think, you know, each, each school has its own sort of areas of focus and kind of things that they're good and not so good at. So, um, but I do, you know, on the whole recommend business school to, to, to everyone um, that that's interested in it. Totally. And I was going to ask you about the network effects of business school, but thank you so much for touching on that. You mentioned that, um, you know, a lot of friends that you developed in business school, you're still friends with today, um, a few investors and advisors. That's something that a lot of people don't always consider, um, you know, with business school. Um, but you really obviously can walk away with just a huge network um, after business school. All depends on where you go um, and what you're focused on, but that's really cool to hear um, that it affected you positively. Um, so you went straight and even, you know, started to put the pieces together for your company while you were in school, you mentioned, but, uh, you know, right after graduating, um, you know, you had this company, which would become OnFleet as it currently is. It's a last mile delivery platform. Um, you know, how did this idea come to light? You know, when did you notice that there was a problem logistically, you know, within this industry um, and that you could provide the solution? Yeah. Um, so while we, I was at business school, um, my co-founders and I started working on different projects. So, you know, even, even actually right before I started, so the summer before I actually matriculated and like started classes, um, you know, I, I started working with Mikkel, who I knew from high school, actually, he was up in, in Toronto at the time. And, you know, when I got into business school, I said, Hey, I'm going to be, you know, out, out in Silicon Valley, like this, you know, this is going to be the perfect time to start a company. Are you interested? He was, we started working together remotely. Um, and then a couple of weeks after I started at Stanford, I met David who became our third co-founder mm. and he was studying his master's in computer science. Um, and the three of us were sort of hacking away at different projects for a couple of months. And then one thing, um, one of the, those projects, eventually we incorporated a company. Um, it was called uh, Addy, um, short for address. And um, we worked on that basically for the two years that I was in business school. Um, and what that was, was a URL-based addressing system. So um, it was kind of a, a, an easy way for people to communicate a precise location um, 
regardless of whether they had a functional street addressing system in their country. So really the focus was on emerging markets. So many countries around the world lack a functional street addressing system, including where I grew up in Dubai. You know, there's, there's just a, um, and it's really the case of in most of, of the kind of, I guess, most emerging markets around the world. Um, when you don't have a functional street address, it becomes very difficult to kind of communicate where your home is uh, for the purposes of delivery. Uh, but also other things, you know, even if you're just telling someone where you live, you want to have friends over for a dinner party or something, you basically have to give turn by turn directions using mm -hmm. nearby landmarks, using obscure points of interest. And, um, you know, it's turn left at the zoo, making you turn at the end of the road. And then it's the third house on the left with, you know, a red door. And obviously when it comes to delivery, it creates a lot of friction um, when you're kind of trying to communicate that to a driver, basically every time you order something online, you can expect a phone call from a driver and you have to kind of go through that explanation every single time. And so, and, you know, that really limits um, the growth of e-commerce and also just general economic growth in, in many of these countries where this is an issue. So we set out to solve that problem with Addy. Um, we developed uh, a simple web app that allowed anyone in the world to create a URL that represents a physical location. So, um, you know, addy.co slash Landon, for example, could be your Addy, you own it, you update it if you move, you can share it via SMS or via email, you can put it on your, you know, on your email signature or something. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's your Addy and, and it communicates basically when it loads, it loads a map with a pin uh, located on it, you know, a pin that sort of uh, indicates your home location. And the idea is, you know, it kind of solves a lot of problems with our traditional addressing system, um, even in the Western world where we have pretty good addressing. Um, there are still many issues with the system, which was invented hundreds of years ago and hasn't really evolved with our times. Um, you know, it's, they're not very machine readable. So you have to geocode addresses that kind of convert from a string to a lot long coordinate. Um, and oftentimes it doesn't really geocode properly. We rely on systems like Google has pretty good geocoding, uh, but sometimes they just don't have that address there and it doesn't really, really geocode or it doesn't geocode to the right location. If you move, um, you have to kind of update your address across all of these different systems. It's not universal. So, you know, you go to Japan and it has a completely different addressing system, which can be really difficult to understand. So a URL based system kind of solves a lot of these problems. And, uh, so we were trying to get businesses to sort of adopt this Addy format as a new kind of standard of, of location sharing. And, and really the initial target was delivery um, e-commerce businesses that, you know, could potentially have a little um, form, a field on checkout where you could enter your Addy or create one on the fly. Um, and so we were, you know, we were talking to a lot of these businesses um, mostly in emerging markets about, about this. And along the way, we sort of realized that they, you know, these companies that were doing delivery didn't really have much technology on the back end for us to even integrate with. So what we discovered was like, you know, if we, if we wanted to send this URL to a driver, for instance, ideally it's sort of, it's embedded into the, the technology that they're using. But what we found out was like, there's not really much technology there to begin with. Most of these companies are running their operations on pen and paper, a lot of spreadsheets, phone calls, text messages, um, chat apps. And, um, and we found that that was actually the case here in the US as well. And so, but you know, at, at that time, this is sort of the emergence of um, Uber and Lyft and 
DoorDash and Postmates and, you know, at the time, a lot of like um, delivery services that were delivering everything from food and, um, you know, laundry and dry cleaning and flowers. And there was just kind of this emergence of the on-demand economy. Um, this is in like 2013, 2014. Um, and consumer expectations were changing really quickly. A lot of these companies that were popping up to sort of address this consumer expectation were kind of reinventing the wheel and building the same technology over and over again. And, you know, we felt like there was an interesting opportunity here to build the infrastructure uh, technology layer for local delivery uh, for last mile logistics. And so that's when we, you know, we changed what we were doing. We sort of dropped Addy and, um, and got really excited about building OnFleet. I love this. Uh, I just love this concept so much. You notice that so many of these companies, as you mentioned, are using these archaic systems, pen, paper, spreadsheets, um, and you guys brought a solution to this. You know, you decided to build this smartphone-based delivery logistics platform to help those businesses run more efficiently. Um, so it's super powerful. This kind of began as a project or, you know, at least the little pieces of it, um, you know, back in your college days. But now, you know, it's a fully-fledged company. We, a lot of people, you know, young entrepreneurs, we have these great ideas. We just don't know how to execute on them. And there are a lot of things that go into that. We don't know how to start to look for funding. We don't know how to start to look for even other co-founders. Was there like a program or something that kind of helped you bring this idea to life? Um, or, I yeah. mean, just if you could even go back to your early, you know, 20 something self when you started working um, on this idea um, or mid 20 something, I should say, when you started working on, on this idea, what is like that one thing that you wish you knew um, that you didn't know? Yeah, so I would definitely say, um, try to not go it alone. I think having co-founders to sort of bounce ideas off of, um, to really kind of spread the load and, um, and just like to not, to not try and go it alone. Like that, that made a big difference, right? Like, I think if, you know, if, if I tried to sort of do this without co-founders, like build everything myself and then sort of, you know, just hire people, it would have been a very different, um, path. So I would say like, that's, that's probably the one thing I would, I would kind of, I would uh, say is, is, is try to find people to do it with, um, especially if it's your first time, um, you know, it's, um, that's been immensely helpful. Uh, we also went through StartX, which was the accelerator program at Stanford um, between my first and second year of business school. We were still working on Addy at the time, um, but that was a great program for all three of us. We kind of, we all went through it. Mikel actually moved down to Palo Alto um, for that program and kind of moved here when we when we started going through StartX. Um, and that was an amazing kind of learning experience. They really focus on founder education. So we surrounded ourselves with advisors and really kind of absorbed um, a lot of information um, along the way from, from the people at that program. So trying to kind of find a community um, where you can ask questions and you can sort of, um, because you know nobody knows, especially when you're first starting out, there are so, there's so much to learn every day. Um, and a lot of that, you know, a lot of those learnings, you just have to kind of, they just have to kind of come from experience. Like you just, you just learn from banging your head against the wall enough times and you kind of say, okay, maybe, you know, I should do this a different way, even though you've been told to do it a different way. Like you kind of have to go through the motion. So, um, but, but yeah, you just, you know, just kind of go for it and, um, and, you know, you'll, you'll sort of figure it out. Um, uh, you know, step by step. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, I think going from the idea to 
sort of starting to build a company, there's a lot of steps along the way. The first is to kind of validate the idea, you know, put it in front of people, get feedback from, you know, and ask, ask people to kind of criticize this idea. Don't be, you know, don't, don't try and kind of keep it too close to the chest. I think a lot of people, you know, especially kind of young entrepreneurs don't want to like tell people about their idea because it's sort of, um, you know, the secret, but I think ideas are, are, are not worth very much, but successfully executing that is worth a lot. Totally. And I love your point on experience as well. Experience is the best teacher always. Obviously it can be really scary to you know, get yourself out there and try something and try to build something um, that has a lasting impact, but you know, you just really need to put yourself through these unique experiences because that's how you learn. Um, so we spoke about, you know, the conception of the idea, kind of how you like took it from just, you know, written on a pen and paper to, you know, actually developing the idea, but let's talk about scaling now. Um, you know, there are a lot of 20 somethings currently that have companies, um, and they're looking for unique ways to scale. I know last year you guys raised a $14 million series a, um, there's no stopping you guys. Obviously I'm super excited to see what's coming in the future. Um, but you're building, you know, you're building this idea, you're building funding, you're building your team as well. Um, I totally will assume that your team is growing too. Um, you know, within all that, cause you're leading this company and you're also trying to focus on keeping the culture intact scale it properly. Um, I'll then ask you the same question. What's something that you wish you knew before um, the company really started to grow? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we definitely are scaling. Um, we've roughly tripled over the last 18 months or so. So we kind of, at the beginning of 2020, we were, you know, a small team of about 30 people. Um, we're close to hundred now. Uh, I think around 90 people today. So um, scaling is hard. Um, every step of the way, like the problems just kind of evolve. Um, so I would say like, you kind of think like when you're a really small team, um, you know, if only I had more people to sort of help in these different areas and then, you know, things would, you know, I could, I could, you know, get away with like working less or spending less time on these areas, which is true. You know, once you're able to kind of delegate, you're not doing everything, putting out all the fires yourself. Um, but the challenges just kind of evolve and they just look, you know, they take a different form um, and you just, you're, but, but that's, that's the beauty of it. You know, you're always learning and overcoming challenges every single day. Um, and, you know, once you can kind of overcome those challenges, you've sort of learned, you've, you've learned something. Um, and I think that's kind of, I guess, a mindset shift that, that I wish I knew, you know, uh, eight or nine years ago when, when we were just starting with Addy is, you know, that um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a journey and kind of appreciate the journey. Every step of the way is different, um, but it, it's, you know, try and have fun uh, while you're doing it. And, and that's another reason that having co-founders is great because, you know, you, we have a ton of fun together um, and that keeps it, uh, that kind of keeps it motivating. Totally. Um, some big things are coming at Onfleet, really exciting. I saw that four months ago as well. You guys um, were able to touch on 100 million deliveries. Um, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, super excited to see you know where you guys are at a year from today. My final um, two questions for you. It's kind of a double-parted question, um, but you know you can take it how you want it. Um, so I know we spoke, you know, about the specifics about creating your company, um, but you know my final two questions for you. Would you recommend more 20-somethings create their own companies? And then in addition, would you recommend more 20-somethings spend some time working for a startup? Um, and maybe, you know, the younger employees that you have at Onfleet, you know, what type of skills are you looking for um, from them before they join yeah. your team as well? 
Absolutely. Actually, if I could, if I could go back, um, I would love to have worked at a startup before starting my own company. I think you learn a ton um, about kind of what goes on behind the scenes, what's important, what's not important. Um, you know, joining an early stage company, you know, say like seed to series B stage um, before starting your own, I think is an immensely valuable um experience to have uh so yes absolutely i would i would suggest that you know 20 somethings you know and and not to say like if you have a great idea and you really want to start kind of building it you know it's not a prerequisite you kind of you can learn um along the way and i think you would probably learn a lot more and a lot more quickly by trying it yourself you know you might you might have um hurdles along the way that you wouldn't have had if you'd sort of had that experience um as an employee of a startup um, but that's not to say you shouldn't, you shouldn't just go for it. Um, but I definitely think like, as far as making the decision to actually go for it, um, you know, I think one thing I, I, I heard sort of this advice recently that no one cares if you fail um, and no one cares if you succeed either. So just kind of do whatever gives you energy. Um, and if that's building a company, then great, go for it. And if, if you fail, then that's fine. You'll probably learn something along the way. Um, although as, you know, one of my business school professors, uh, Andy Rackleff used to say, you do learn more from your successes than your failures. Um, so while, you know, people say like, you'll, you learn a lot from your failures. I do, I do agree that like when you're successful, you do learn more because you kind of see more over time. Um, and so if, if it is going to be a failure, you know, try to make it happen quickly and cheaply. Um, but, but really, you know, go for it. And I think, especially if there's something that kind of exists in your mind that you really want to see exist in the world, then that'll kind of keep you going. Cause you'll, you know, you'll face hurdles every step of the way. Um, you're going to want to quit, you know, a million times before it's successful. Um, but if it's, if it's something that you're working on that you feel really dri drives you, then, you know, you'll sort of overcome those hurdles. So I, I always, whenever people ask me like, Hey, should I start a company? I generally say no, unless you really believe that this thing that you want to build should exist in the world. Totally. That's a great clip right there. I mean, I think that's really true. And also I loved your uh, insight on uh, success as well. Um, I haven't heard that perspective before, but I mean, I'm just thinking about that. And actually, you know, you might be right with that. So really, really cool. And that's why I love doing this podcast. We're able to share so many unique perspectives and journeys. Um, so Kala, this was a pleasure. Just really wanted to say thank you so much for taking time out of a busy Tuesday night to speak with me and share your best advice for 20-somethings. Yeah, likewise. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much for streaming our exclusive interview with Khalid Naeem, the co-founder and CEO of OnFleet. If you enjoyed this episode and want more content like this, you can subscribe to In Their 20s wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we are super excited to be partnering with Upkey. They are the only effective solution for students trying to navigate the overwhelming world of searching for jobs. You can check out our free resume score tool to get personalized suggestions that will make your resume stand out. Visit www.upkey.com slash in their 20s and tell them Landon sent you. See you soon.